is SEO dead? I mean, the shorter answer is, are you stopping to use Google? SEO would be dead if people stop using Google. And I don't see that happening. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. Welcome, everybody, to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Matt Rouse. Today, my guest is Nikhil Aitharaju. I think I sort of got it. How are you doing, Nikhil? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me in the show. And you did get my name right. <laughs> nice. I nailed it this time. So Nikhil is an entrepreneur who started a multi-million dollar SaaS business in college using SEO and content marketing. And after successfully selling the company in 2018, he's now working on a new product to help others get similar marketing success in their business. So Nikhil, do you want to tell us what your new company is and a little bit more about it? Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, Topic is a modern SEO content platform that helps you write high quality content that actually resonates with your search audience. And we do that by A, automating the research process involved in creating high quality outlines and B, giving you real time. Once you get the draft back from your writers, uh, we give you real time. We give you and your writer real time feedback on how good your content is based on the topical coverage. And, you know, the main benefits that people see by using our platform is they see they can publish a publish their content with confidence. Uh, they see results pretty quickly and uh, they also streamline their entire content production workflow. Nice. So owning an SEO and marketing company, as I do, I've used a ton of SEO tools and uh, I've taken a look at topic and it actually is a little different than anything else I've kind of seen before. It's pretty clever. And what I really like about it is a lot of this work that you guys have in your tool is work I normally just do myself by hand. So I like Google stuff and then I kind of look at all the articles and I like look at like by hand, I go through each one and I kind of read them and see what they have in them and, and kind of build and I write down some notes and stuff. But your tool seems to do all that for you. So this tool is not just for agencies, right? It's not just for SEO agencies. That's correct. Yeah, it's not meant for SEO agencies. In fact, this tool was, uh, you know, we had the same problem in our past when we were working at our previous company called Tent. Uh, we've used a lot of SEO tools that are so data heavy. And when you have a content marketer in there, they're just going to get overwhelmed because of the amount of data and nuances you need to understand. And that's one of the reasons why we've actually tried to build a tool that's catered more towards the content teams than SEOs. So yeah, as you mentioned, the, also the research process is pretty painful. Opening up different tabs, putting together an outline is just a painful task if you're doing it pretty regularly for a lot of clients. So agencies is the perfect fit for us. Man, I love to have all the tabs open, but sometimes <laughs> my computer just gets bogged down. You know what? I've got a secret. If you're like one of those hundred tab people in Chrome or your tabs go off the side of the screen, there's this thing, this Chrome plugin that I have called the Great Suspender. And it'll suspend the tab so that it's not using up any memory or any processing power. But you can still click it and go back to it later. So if you don't have like a tab organizer, you can use that plugin. So, yeah, that's cool. So content teams, a lot of companies now, even maybe like not small, like mom and pop shop type businesses. But if as you get into companies who have like a marketing department in that department, you will often have writers or maybe you have people who are using VAs as the writers, right? Like virtual assistants and stuff. So this would be a tool so that you can deliver content ideas and stuff and outlines and things to those content writers. 
That's correct. So let's say I'm a marketing manager at a company and I don't have the bandwidth to write an entire piece of content. I go look for freelance writers on Upwork or other platforms, but then I have to give them all this context, you know, make sure that they're writing the content comprehensively. So that's what our topic kind of bridges that gap that you would, you know, the pain point that uh, a marketing manager or a content manager would experience in handing over these outlines to writers. And what's, I guess, a result that's fairly typical that you get when people switch to that? Is it generally a improvement in ranking or is it kind of an improvement in traffic or maybe a little bit of both? Yeah, I think the main improvement that immediately that you can experience is uh, your productivity. It gets so much easier working with your writer. You don't have to go back and forth giving them comments in Google Docs because right from get go, you're doing a good job. A topic is helping you do a good job doing all that research and communicating the, you know, the information to your writer. But once you have the content written, you know, a lot of benefits that our clients see is traffic. I mean, rankings matter, but then traffic is the ultimate decider. And uh, we've uh, seen clients at least a 20% bump in using the platform. And in addition to the research product, we also have an optimization product, which makes sure that you're covering all these topics that Google cares about in terms of content quality, which is also uh, vital in, in those results. Right. And there is sort of a a structure around the way that Google and other search engines kind of like to see content. They use like interestingly nowadays, they kind of use this. Well, let me back up a step because I don't want to confuse anybody who doesn't know anything about SEO. So let me step one step back. So the old way they used to do SEO is you would have a phrase or a word that's your keyword that you're going to focus on. And then you would write a whole bunch of stuff about variations of the same word. So if it was like, houses in Oregon, like you're doing it for a real estate agent or something. And then you would be like, Oregon house, you'd have an article about and Oregon home would be a different article. And you, so you do all those. But now search engines can understand similar terms and they call them variants. So you get this kind of like almost like a bubble with a whole bunch of words in it that are similar to each other. And then you want to write things that are similar in nature to terms that are similar to that, which you can see by using a tool like this. But another way that you can kind of just get a peek at that is to just go to the bottom of a search and see what the other questions are that it's like, maybe you want an answer with this. And there's like some suggestions. Yep. It just to add on to that, I mean, what you were mentioning is called the LSI keywords in the past, like using synonyms of the same keyword and trying to add them into your article. That's the old way of doing SEO. And, and surprisingly, a lot of people still follow a similar way. They install Yoast and think that it's done. Like, that's it. Like, that takes care of your SEO. But what really matters, you know, if you go back to the principle of, you know, writing good content, but writing something that your audience wants to read, less about what terms you're using in the article, more about what questions are you answering? What are you writing about this topic in a very comprehensive fashion? And the way Google evaluates comprehensiveness is looking at the subtopics. So let's say you're writing about buying a house. You need to talk about finding an agent. You need to talk about staging, uh, you know, getting a pre-approval. But you have to talk about all these important subtopics. Otherwise, you know, your article is not going to be comprehensive and Google's smart enough to identify those subtopics in any article. So we reverse engineer Google and kind of give you those subtopics to kind of handhold you with that writing experience. And you know what Google hates is generalizations. Google hates the generalist. That's I, I think that I got that out of Ryan Hanley's content warfare book. It's Google is looking to give you the specific answer to the question that you type in. And even if you're not typing like a question form and you type in house in Oregon, it's assuming you're writing like 
how do I search for houses in Oregon to buy or something like that? Or, you know, I mean, it, it's it's turning it into a question and then it's trying to determine what is the best answer for that question. And then the first listing is the best answer and the second best answer and the third best answer. And it tries to determine what your intent is. And it also does the same thing with your content. It tries to determine what the intent of the content is. And that's why you have to have other similar content that you have to answer other questions because that gives signals to Google of what the intent of the content is to match the intent of the person searching, which is brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) That's correct. That is exactly what Google's doing. And uh, so we got this down. So you know what? I was looking on your website and you said something that honestly is something that I say on almost every episode, which is almost all of the blog content on the internet is garbage, which it is. It's terrible. It's all written just to pump keywords. They've No one would actually want to read almost any of it, right? It's almost all of it's worthless. And then you've got companies that are hiring like... Well, I'm going to use the the chiropractor blog agency and they they write one blog for every chiropractor in the United States and they shove it through a tool that will mix the sentences and the words around so that each one is different within air quotes. It's just garbage. Nobody wants to read that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the quality matters, not the quantity. So even if you have a couple of blogs really high quality and answering your audience's questions that would do you don't have to go for high quantity just to kind of get in front of people so i would i would suggest for your audience to focus on quality looking for those quality writers who can cover a topic comprehensively instead of aiming for quantity and you know i've probably written i don't even know for our own website in the last seven years i must have written a thousand articles of those that I've deleted over the years, I probably have 50 left. And of the 50 that I have that I kept, I have 10 or 15 that I update every year, kind of regularly. Some I update even every week or every month because those four best articles that rank the best give us all of our traffic. And everything else is almost none, right? Out of hundreds and hundreds of articles, but they are the most in-depth articles. And it may not be necessarily in-depth by length. One of them is just a little step-by-step on how to make an Instagram video with the sound off, which something apparently comes up all the time, but I was looking for it one day and, and, and there was no articles on it, so I wrote one. And it still gets traffic to this day. I mean, I wrote it five years ago, I think. Gotcha. Yeah, and then I've got a 13-page long article about how to get rid of negative and fake Yelp reviews. And that one gets, you know, thousands of hits a week. But we have used several tools in the past to try to help bridge this gap that you have bridged with your tool. I'm actually kind of excited to use it a little more just because, you know, it gets tough to when you're managing a lot of people. You get to that point where you go, it's going to take me an hour to write this article, but it's going to take me 45 minutes to explain it to somebody else and 15 minutes to proofread it a week from now. So should I even bother having a writer? Should I just do it myself? Right. Obviously that's not a very scalable way to do it. So yeah, this solves a a problem for agencies and for, you know, larger businesses alike, but I wanted to get back and we can talk more about SEO later. If that's something that that you want to talk more about, but I wanted to ask you about your first company that you started because you started pretty young, right? Like you were still in, in college, weren't you? And you started your first company. Yeah. I think 21. I think I was 22 or 21. So how did you come up with an idea to build a company at 21? Yeah, I think it's for me, I feel like it was just waiting for the opportunity. It wasn't planned. 
it just happened that the opportunity knocked on my door and I just took it up. So my, I wasn't looking for any startups to work. I, I wasn't looking to do my own startup, but my CEO emailed their advisor and then advisor for, forwarded the email to all the CS students, computer science students. And then that's how I saw that email and then reached out to him saying, hey, I just want to collaborate on this project that you're working on and we'll see where it goes from there. And that's how we started working on that. And so you're in computer science? That's correct. Yep. Nice. And then that product was called Tint? Yeah. So we started out uh, with a product called Hypemarks, which is similar to Pinterest. But for links, we were focusing on helping you curate articles from the web where Pinterest was focused on images. But that didn't take off. That didn't really get the growth that we wanted. But there was this one feature that uh, a lot of our clients really liked, which was aggregating links from Facebook, Twitter, and photos from Instagram and thought it'll be cool to put those on your website. I mean, that was back in 2012 when it was pretty new. So that's how we, we got one of our LA celebrities, Tony Braxton. Uh, she wanted, they were, the agency was redoing their website and they said, Hey, we want this content on the website because it's more engaging than our static content. And that's how, you know, Tint got started. And curating content is still something that people do a lot, but man, the benefits of creating something, your own content or your own piece of content where you could bring in like references to other material, but you write something original and useful yourself, especially something with some data in it. Nowadays, that's just the way to go. A lot of people talk about getting press, right? How do I get press? How do I get in the news? How do I get on TV? Whatever, right? You know how you get on in public relations type stuff? You either have to do something that's newsworthy, which is difficult for some organizations, or you have to write stuff with data in it. Because where are they going to go if you're a reporter, right? Where are you going to go to get that data? Well, you're going to search Google, right? That's true. Yep. And then if you have the data in your article that they want, they'll be like, well, Nikhil from uh, usetopic.com said that 72% of agencies are wasting their time with content writers, right? And that's, that's how you get press. Yeah, that's exactly what we've, we've implemented the same playbook for one of our free tools. We've launched a free tool using this GPT-3 AI built by OpenAI. Uh, so we built a headline generator. So for any given topic, we give you different titles and descriptions actually, you know, generated by AI, not using a template like HubSpot. And that free tool was picked up by some really good publications and they sent us some free traffic. So without even doing any outreach. So GPT-3 is pretty interesting. We we're actually talking about that a little bit with Phil Paluccio was on the show a little while ago. We were talking about World 2.1. One of the topics that came up was was AI and GPT-3. And, you know, it's it's basically an AI that knows everything that's on the Internet. Like there's it has all of Wikipedia, right? And all of these libraries, like the Library of Congress is in it. And basically any website that has more than a few backlinks is in there. I used your blog idea generator and I typed in digital marketing masters podcast just while we were talking and it came up with what is digital marketing and why is it important how does it impact companies brands and marketers and I'm like okay that's a good one that's a good good topic right there yeah I think if you if you, if you give broader topics it, uh, it it gives you better results but if you go a little bit niche it's not I mean it, it it fails to understand those uh, nuances when you're going a little bit too niche. But if you do uh, broader topics, it usually does work well. So if you type in SEO content, you're going to see some really interesting ideas. All right, let's type in SEO content. And it's generating, generating. It's actually pretty quick. It only takes like a couple seconds. That's true. It says everything you need to create perfect SEO content. 
create content that boosts your rankings, learn how to develop content that readers can discover, share, link, and index by using proven industry standards. It's funny. Yeah, I think one of the good things about this tool is that we actually, for any given topic, we understand the search intent. So if you put in any given query, we understand what are people looking for on this topic and give you ideas based on that. Unlike if you go to these free template generators, uh, they just put your keyword in in this templatized idea generator, which might not make sense for a lot of topics. Yeah, intent is huge. Also, I applied for a beta for GPT-3 and I still haven't gotten in. <laughs> I'm like, come on, people. I want to write articles. Actually, you know what? I just want totally, I, I could tell why they haven't given it to me. They probably listen to the podcast. And they're like, that guy's going to type in stupid shit into our AI. Because I'll be like that guy who wrote the article where he's typing in stuff like, is a hot dog a sandwich? You know? <laughs> Yeah, I think one of the limitations of GPT-3 right now is it's not their policies against giving access to anyone who would be doing synthetic SEO article generation. And that's one of the reasons why we don't generate articles using GPT-3. Yeah, right now, we only help you with headlines and outlines. We also generate an outline, but we don't generate an entire article because sometimes it reports inaccuracies. It quotes people, misquotes people, and there's a lot of editing involved. So that's why they do not a synthetic SEO generation. Yeah, and like any AI... It's only as good as the stuff you feed it. And it's been fed the internet. So there's all kinds of garbage in that AI that it comes back <laughs> with. And even some actually some really negative stuff like, man, I was, I was reading an article the other day where they were talking about how when you type in things into the AI to create stories about like certain minorities and races of people, that it came back with some pretty weird and, and not positive things. And, you know, that stuff's going to happen, though, when... The AI is only as good as the data. It's a double-edged sword. I mean, you have the good and the bad. And that's why I think there's a lot of editing and human aspect involved in uh, making sure that the AI is not just going off rails. So yeah, AI is not going to replace writers. Writers are you know, still needed to kind of do the editing and do the storytelling. It's hard for a machine to tell a story. And there was a movie that was created by GPT-2 that somebody wrote a piece of software and they they basically fed it some models and it could put faces on the models and stuff and then come up with the dialogue. And it's the weirdest movie you've ever seen. You should look that up if you guys, I, I don't know how you'd so just search Google for it. Be like an AI made a movie. Search that. You'll probably find it. Yeah, we'll definitely do. I haven't checked it out. But. Get a glass of wine and don't turn off the lights because it's creepy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I might have to bleep that. I always tick the little box that says I don't have any swearing in my podcast, but then I swear all the time. All right. Anyway, Nick, I think your tool is amazing. That's great, which is you know part of the reason I wanted to have you on the show. But the other thing is there's been a lot of talk in the industry lately. Kind of if you go down LinkedIn every single day, somebody's like, SEO is dead now and blah, 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 blah. Is SEO dead? I mean, the shorter answer is I used to stop and use Google. SEO would be dead if people stop using Google. And I don't see that happening. That's right. Except unless they're in Australia. <laughs> Probably. That's true with the recent developments. But I think uh, what you should look at is Google's trying to, Google is the biggest AI model. They have so much data, bigger than GPT. They have all this data, all these YouTube videos that they can transcribe. And you know, they have all this data that, that they amass. They could, and that's why they're answering your question. If there's, if there's a question that can be immediately answered by a machine, they're showing them the form of featured snippets. They're showing them in the form of weathers, you know, widgets. And that's why people think SEO is dead because Google is kind of encroaching in their space. 
But I think for content that's high, like on a given subject, I think people want different perspectives. People just don't want to click on the first link that Google shows. They want different, they want to hear different perspectives and they're going to click around and go to different links. But yeah, I don't think SEO is going to be dying anytime soon unless people stop using Google. You see, and you kind of hit the nail on the head there. It's about perspective. And this is what everybody gets wrong about writing content for their website. People don't want like a, a user's manual right? Of articles about dentists. They just don't. If they wanted that, they could go buy a book about like how to be a dentist, right? You could go to school to be a dentist. What they want is what is the dentist's opinion on like teeth whitening? And is it useful? Are commercial teeth whitening alternatives good for your teeth or bad for your teeth? Are they going to do damage to them? Can you use them on your kids? What are all these topics around this? And your opinion is what people want. They want editorial content mixed with facts. Exactly. What they don't want is if you pulled out the manual for your car out of the glove box and started reading it, that's what most car websites sound like. They're terrible, right? Yeah, it's 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 overwhelming. I think this is a pattern that a lot of SEOs and content people have followed for the last couple of years is they took a bunch of articles ranking. They, they they made a big guide, you know, taking a lot of articles that rank in Google and merged it into one big guide, thinking that comprehensive articles is the way to go. But then that's changing. You know, sometimes people want comprehensive articles. Sometimes they just want to get an answer quickly. So I think in what we recommend to clients as well is, you know, you need a guide type article, but at the same time, you should also provide different perspectives on that topic. Some contrarian views. I know like you need to kind of go above and beyond than what's going out there in search right now. Right. There's nothing out there that says you can't say, this is what the opposing viewpoint is, but my thoughts are this thing. And having both of those in your same article, that's excellent for SEO, right? Another thing is everybody's trying to get these very specific backlinks, right? Like anchored backlinks where the text has to equal this exact match to whatever phrase it is. And you don't really need that anymore, right? It's more about mentions and brand mentions. And, you know, Google knows if you link an article from the word, you know, Hillsboro Painting Company, or you put the link said painters and in the same article you talked about painters in Hillsborough, Google gets it. They know. Google actually more hates if you have the same anchor text on every link on the internet pointing to you. Then they're going to ding you. Yeah, I think that's correct. You don't need to get obsessed with the anchor text language as long as it's, you know, is giving the users the right context. But yeah, that's that's my point of view on that. Cool. Nick, it sounds like we both agree about where SEO is going. Write better content, people. Most of your blogs are terrible. Well, not yours specifically. I know our listeners would never do that, but... That's good. Um, thanks, too. There's a lot of writers out there who are, are not really writing. They're just paying some Fiverr person or something to cobble together some BS article that nobody's going to read to stick it on their website so they can have a backlink that says, you know, New York dentist, which is not worth it. Do something, have an opinion, write some editorial content, get some help with your work. Nikhil, if somebody wants to get a hold of you or check out your tool, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Yeah, you can go to usetopic.com, U-S-E topic.com. It, sh it should be in the show notes as well. There's a chat button there. You can, if you send us a message, it'll be me or my co-founder reaching, reaching back to you. Nice. And we'll have that in the show notes. It's usetopic.com and it'll be in the show notes. You can get them at hookseo.com slash podcast. Nick, thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks, Matt, for having me on the show. All right, have a good day. You too. 
This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Join us next week as we dive into more tips and ideas to grow your business. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.